We are in week three of Divine Direction. I'm so glad you've joined us today. I'm excited about this message because it's for me. And I hope it's for you as well. Divine Direction, week three. Trust the process is the topic for today. Trust the process. Now, we have been talking about how decision-making is not really all that easy sometimes. In fact, the studies are showing that people are having more difficulty making decisions today than in times past. Uh, some of the conjecture about young people having difficulty figuring out what job to go for and what, what career path to go into, there's a lot of difficulty there. And I think part of that has to do with the fact that there is a greater illusion of perfection attainable today. And some of that, I think, comes from social media. You get everybody's highlight reel, and you compare it with your low life reel. And, and you, you just kind of feel like, ah. But there's some, the highlight reel makes it feel like, you know what? I'm going to go for the job that I love. I'm going to find something that I love to do and do it. And I'm going to make lots of money. And I'm going to make a difference in the world. And so the bar set really high for these young people. And another job comes along, and I don't really love that one. Another job comes along, and I don't think that really makes much difference in the world. Another job comes along, you know. And so the bar, they're afraid to let it down a little bit. And so what do they do? They go home, live with their mom and dad, and play video games. And, and that's, a, that's a problem. It's difficulty making these decisions because of the illusion of perfection that is kind of looming in a lot of people's lives. Our focus for today reads this way. In a difficult decision, there are four stages in the process of following divine direction. We're going to track with the Apostle Paul and see four stages in following God's divine direction in his life. Now, it may not be that your life will track exactly, but I really resonated with these four stages as I'm trying to follow the instruction of the Lord and, and his moral instruction, his purposes and his, his intentions and see how I fit into those. These four stages seem to really resonate and maybe you'll find that to be true as well. Now we are going to discover these four stages as Paul is addressing leaders and describing to them the divine direction which God is taking him and they're very discouraged by his description. It's in Acts chapter 20 where he tells them, verse 22 through 24, and now, compelled by the Spirit, I am going to Jerusalem, not knowing what will happen to me there. I only know that in every city the Holy Spirit warns me that prison and hardships are facing me. However, I consider my life worth nothing to me. My only aim is to finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me, the task of testifying to the good news of God's grace. So tucked away in that quick description, which probably took a little bit more uh, words and description to his leaders, are four stages in the process of following God's divine direction. The first stage is this, the Spirit's prompting. If you want to jot that down in your blank and your outline, if that's something you like to do, the Spirit's prompting is the first stage. Let's slow it down, look at what we just read, and kind of zero in on some phrases. So Acts 20, verse 22 reads this way, And now, compelled by the Spirit, 
I'm going to Jerusalem, not knowing what will happen to me there. So the phrase we're zeroing in on, and specifically the word we're zeroing in on, is the word compelled. Some translations would say constrained by the Spirit. Other translations might say bound by the Spirit. And that's a weird combination of words when you think about it, compelled, constrained, bound. And as I looked into the word, there is the idea of being bound, of being drawn, of being wrapped up of being pulled, all built into this word, and all of this being pulled by the Spirit. It reminds me of a phrase that we use in in our modern language um, a little bit when we say, I am bound and determined to do such and so. I'm bound and determined to head in this direction, do this thing. The difference, however, there is the source. What is the source of being bound and determined? Now, usually in our culture, when we say, I'm bound and determined to do this thing, the source is within us. We have our own choice. We feel constrained, compelled, bound. We're going to do this thing. By gum, we're going to do this thing. This, however, is talking about something different than that. Now, I am not good myself, and so that's why I say this message is really, really for me, to discern when it is that I am being prompted by the Spirit, compelled by the Spirit. So I'm just going to let you kind of get a glimpse of time, so I'm trying to figure that out. I was uh, driving to a particular place that I had become uh, a habit. I was going to this place with regular regularity each morning four and five times a week. And uh, so it become quite a habit for me, but something strange happened. After this had become quite a habit, I was just going to this place that I was going to go, and, and all of a sudden I realized I missed the turn. It's like, ah, uh, but if you knew me, you know that this happens a lot to me. Um, So I I tend to be preoccupied a lot and be thinking about something. If I'm thinking about something, I usually, uh, here's how it usually works, you know, I go in the groove that I always go. So this was unusual because rather than going in the groove that I always go, I missed the groove where I always go. So it caught me by surprise. I was really glad I was alone. Because it's always embarrassing when I do this, you know, preoccupied. The absent-minded professor is what comes to mind. My dad was a professor. He had this trait. I'm going to blame it on him, okay? So he gave me this trait where I just kind of, I'm in my head and just miss stuff. So I chuckled as I pulled into a parking lot to do a U-turn and go back to the, to the place that I missed. But as I'm chuckling in the parking lot, thinking through, What just happened? Why did I miss this? There was a moment of self-awareness. And then the self-awareness changed from self-awareness to a God-awareness because of why I missed the turn. I was processing some thoughts. It started with one thought. Then I was really chewing on these thoughts, and it was wild to me. The thoughts were taking me in a completely new direction, and I was so engrossed in the change of thought. Here's what was happening. I was committed to a particular direction that I thought was the divine direction I was committed to go. And I'm this little beaver, and when I'm committed to something, I'm going for this, this is what I'm going to do, I've got these blinders, this is what I'm going to do. Well, then this thought came from nowhere that was like, no, no, you're going this way now. It's like, really, this way? What if I did this way? And it's like, I was in this completely different train of thought. So like this domino thought hit me. Remember the word, compelled? bound, fastened to me. So this idea was now fastened to me, which is interesting because a fastened idea becomes fascinating. Okay? 
So this fastened idea becomes fascinating, and I'm just going through this idea. It's just like, it's like one domino idea hits this next idea domino, which is hits this next idea, and then the ideas start to go, coom, 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 and it's just, woo, and then I miss my turn, right? And so all of a sudden, this awareness becomes this God awareness, like, where did that first thought come from? It was completely out of the direction I was committed to. Once you're in a committed direction, you don't even think about it. You're going. But this other thought came. So I started thinking about that. It was just a prompt. That's all it was, which caused all these other thoughts. So I began to talk about this prompt with other staff members. It was like, oh my. It's like I lit this little fire. It's like, Whoa, that makes me think of this and this and this. And it was like, ooh, we're on to something here. And now the prompt is becoming compelling, okay? So it moves from a thought idea into a compelling idea, and now it's growing. It's like this little spark that God goes, now it's become this flame, and the flame is starting to get a hold of you. And pretty soon, when it gets a hold of you, it's inside of you as a passion, and you're starting to move on it. And that's what was starting to happen. But it wasn't there yet. I had to describe to you something that happened shortly thereafter. I woke up one morning, and you know that morning fog when it's not outside? It's like, oh, I'm totally unaware. <laughs> I need my coffee. You know, it's like you're trying to get a hold of what's going on in the morning. What day of the week is this? You know, that kind of thing. Even before you get, what day of the week is this? What do I got to do? Where do I got to be? Even before that, this word hit me, aware. It's like, aware? And then it was like one of those domino thoughts again. It went from aware to be more aware. Boom. And then immediately, the images of what just happened the night before flashed in my mind. Was, all this is really fast. I'm sorry. Just boom, 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 boom. And so the night before was a family night. There's a dozen of us or so at family night, and there's all these conversations. It's loud. It's laughter. It's fun. You hear all these voices, but I missed some of the little voices. Papa, 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 king, papa, papa. And my lovely wife is trying to, she knows me. She says, Jim, your grandchild is trying to talk to you. Oh, I turn my attention. Be aware. Papa, you know, trying to get my hold of my attention, and my awareness goes to the kid. And then I realize this aware thing isn't about my grandparenting. It's like, oh, no. Pause the story. For months, I've been praying a daily prayer that I'm scripting out. I keep editing, keep scripting, keep praying. And it's just a discipline of mine to just keep me before the Lord and praying. One of the pieces of that prayer I pray is, that's a, I quote the words of Jesus, my sheep know my voice and listen to me. And I say to the Lord, Lord, would you speak to me? Would you make your presence manifest to me? Would you guide me? Would you prompt me? Just make it more clear to me. And all of a sudden, all of this is collapsing down into this moment and the fog lifts. Be more aware of me. I'm talking all the time. You're treating me just like you treat your grandkids. You're, I'm speaking to you, I'm speaking to you, I'm speaking to you, but your life is so full. Your day is like a piece of paper with no margin. It's edge to edge, appointment upon appointment upon appointment, thing after thing after thing, task after task after task, thoughts just going all the time. I'm talking to you. Be more aware. Oh, no. You mean you're talking to me all the time? 
Yes! Oh, crud. So my daily prayer needs to be inserted more frequently throughout my day in less regimented way where it's like, here I am, God. I'm not, I'm not asking you to speak to me. You are speaking to me. I'm putting my attention. What did you say? What are you saying to me? Literally going to the Lord to place my awareness in his direction. This, to me, is just a glimmer of how a spark of a prompting is fanned into flame to become a compelling, to grow inside of you in a divine direction to where you now know what you're to do. I'm not there yet, but man, I'm getting excited about it as God is breaking through. Here's a couple of things I'm learning. God doesn't shout at me. He whispers. And if I don't set my awareness in his direction and purposefully make space in my schedule, make space in my heart's awareness and set my awareness in his direction. So I've changed my prayer a little bit. God, speak to me. Here I am. I'm placing my awareness towards you. I'm listening. And in the, as I'm reading his word and pausing in silence, I'm creating more silence in my life, giving him space to get through because I'm blocking what he's trying to say. Here's the second stage of divine direction. After the Spirit's prompting, you're going to enter into a certain uncertainty. It's absolutely certain you're going to be uncertain. Here we go. In Acts chapter 20, as we keep reading through Paul's description, he said, and now, compelled by the Spirit, I am going to Jerusalem. Here's the uncertainty. Not knowing what will happen to me there. So he's got divine direction. He knows where he's supposed to go, but he is certain about not being certain where he's going. That seems weird, but that is the process that God uses in our lives where he whispers a thought, and that's just the initial domino that causes other dominoes, but there's more that has to happen before you see where this is going. You're not certain yet. We read in Psalm 119 this expression, your word is a lamp for my feet, a light on my path. It's not enough to just sit there and put your awareness to God and try to listen to whispers, okay? Um, You need to open the word of God, which is clear. There's no guesswork where he teaches us moral instruction. He gives us his purposes and intentions. He gives us direction so broadly, but very specifically as well. And yet, it's a lamp unto your feet. So we're going to close the lights down and shut the screens off and focus on a lamp for a moment. Ah, you didn't even know that was lit, did you? So dim this lamp is. Now this lamp is a little different than the lamp that was talked about in Psalm there. That lamp would have been a clay pot with oil in it, with a wick dipped into the oil and the wick lit. A very dim lamp. I want you to picture yourself on a moonless night, very dark of night, perhaps clouds even covering the little light that the stars might give you. And all you have is this dim light to light your path. And you're wearing sandals, and you don't want to bust your toe against the rock on the path, and you don't want to step in a hole, and so you take your lamp, 
and you wish you could see further, but you can't even see your feet until you lower the light down close enough to see just what? Your next step. At most, maybe the next two or three at most. Here's what I want. I want God to show me not a lamp to my feet. Come on, let's do this. All right, I want to see, oh, that's where we're going, over there. Okay, I can see that. Okay, I get it. Okay, there's a fork in the road over there, too. I see, okay, got it. And God says, that isn't how I do it. I'm going to show you a step. And you're not going to see more until you take that step. You're going to walk with me. We call it trust. Walk with me here. And if you don't, Obey the step that I show you. I'm not showing you your next step in the direction that we're going. Now let's bring the lights back up. If you're not living with a little uncertainty, you're not living with faith. It's not faith if you've got a big, like, oh, we're going there, got it. I understand. I want to go there too. He doesn't do that. He gives you this uncertainty, and it's certain that it'll be uncertain. Just walk with me. I'm not going to show you everything. Why is that? Because he wants to work in you before he'll work through you. And so sometimes you have to take the job that isn't ideal. You have to do the thing that isn't what you love. You have to do the thing before you see how it has any meaning as you walk with him because he's working in you to prepare you to work through you. There's a lot of uncertainty there, but he has shown you what this step you need to take is. So take that step. As we move along, we're going to go into the third phase you got the Spirit's prompting, the certain uncertainty, and then you're going to have predictable resistance. Now, it is going to feel like darkness, but now it's darkness with a battle. Oh, I don't like that. Okay? I don't like that at all. But hold on here. We have a Heavenly Father. We just love singing about that. And this Heavenly Father says, you can trust me with this because I can see in the dark. I can see around the corner. I know what's in your future, but I can't see. And then we have to act like a child and say, can I hold your hand? And he says, exactly. Now take a step with me. I'll walk with you. Let's go back to Paul's words to look at this step where he says, I only know that. Hold on a second. A moment ago, he just said, I do not know. I'm not certain. There's certain uncertainty. Now he's saying what he does know. And the Spirit has made this known. And it's true about all of us when we're following in a divine direction. We're in a battle. We're making progress. You're going to have this in your life, assuredly. I only know that in every city and the Holy Spirit warns me that prison and hardship are facing me. Well, maybe it won't be prison and hardship for you. It is resistance to the will of God because this life is a battle as we're following the will of God. That resistance will be felt. There'll be barriers as you're trying to accomplish the purpose which pleases God with your life. You will experience resistance. And you won't even know where it's coming from or why it's coming or what's happening. Don't do this. Oh, wow, this can't be the will of God. It's hard. Paul says, no, this is one thing I know for sure. It's going to be hard. 
to do the will of God because we have an enemy and there's going to be resistance. This is a stage in the process. Trust this process. Point number four. Well, before to go point number four, here's a couple of statements before we move on. The struggle you are in today is developing the strength you need for tomorrow. Sometimes you have to do what you don't want to do to prepare you to do what God wants you to do. Here's one more statement. If you're not ready to face opposition for your obedience to God, you are not ready to be used by God. Okay, here's what we often do. Resistance, opposition, I don't like this. I'm going to choose something else with less resistance. And God says, how about a little breakthrough here? Walk with me here. This resistance is going to happen no matter what it is that you're trying to follow me on. Let's face this resistance together, okay, so that I can grow in you what I need to grow in you so that I can work through you. Here's the fourth stage. So we got the Spirit's prompting, which moves us to certain uncertainty, which moves us to predictable resistance that then moves us to an uncommon confidence. This little spark that moves to a fascinating idea that moves to being compelled by the Spirit, and you're convinced this is God's path for you, is a passion inside of you. Now you have this uncommon confidence. Here's how Paul described it for himself in that same passage we already read, Acts 20, verse 24. However... I consider my life worth nothing to me. I like to say, it's not about me. It's not about now. Because inside, everything in me says, it's all about me. And it's about right now. Do you hear the whine? Okay. It's not very manly, but it's inside of me. It's like, I want this thing to be about me. And, it's, and God says, no, it's not about you. And it's not about right now. It's about eternity. It's about my purpose, about what I have for you in the future. And so Paul gets it. He says, however, I consider my life worth nothing to me. My only aim is to finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me, the task of testifying to the good news of God's grace. Oh, follower of Jesus, give me your eyes. Are you a follower of Jesus? Give me your eyes. Have you declared that I want to follow Jesus? I want you to know that he has just described to you your task and purpose that Jesus has given you. Jesus said to you, deny yourself, take up your cross, follow me. Jesus says, you will be my witnesses. You, go, make disciples. You, go, talk about it. Bring glory to my name. Bring glory to and honor to my name to talk about grace. You're basically saying, come follow me. Because Jesus has given me hope. He can give you hope too. Follower. You're a follower. Don't be afraid to say, come follow me, because you're following Jesus. It's our purpose. It's the divine direction he sets us on. It's not about me. It's not about now. It's bringing glory to the Lord Jesus Christ because he has given me all the grace that is making my life work. It's a joy. And this uncommon confidence is so strange when you're hitting this resistance. People go, everything's falling apart. You're having this battle. How is it that you're okay with this? I'm holding the hand of the one who holds tomorrow and he knows my tomorrow. He knows my path. I don't know where that path is going, but here's what I know. It's a good path. And I'm walking with him. So I have an uncommon confidence on this good path that he is leading me in, even though I don't know exactly all the bumps and turns and twists and resistance that I'm going to face. It's a good path. And he's going to create a great 
story in my life if I'll just walk with him. Hebrews 11.1 1 puts it this way. Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. How weird is that? I'm confident about something I can't know. I'm confident about something I don't understand what's ahead of me yet, but I know that God loves me, and I know that he has me, and we have a good path here with a good end result here, and I'm confident of that. Here's the four stages again. Spirit's prompting, certain uncertainty, predictable resistance, uncommon confidence. Now I'm going to finish with a go-to verse of mine because I often need to go to this verse because I struggle with this verse. It's Proverbs 3, 5 through 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Oh, crud. That's my problem. I want to know. I want to understand. My mind gets in the way. Show me. I don't get it. Why do you want me to do this? I don't get it. Tell me why. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean on your own understanding. Just like a child, take my hand and walk with me. I've showed you this step. Why do you need to know what 10 steps come after this step? Just take this step. Seek his will in all you do. That's huge. Not my will. Not about me. Seek his will in all you do and he will show you which path to take. We're going to finish with a prayer. And this prayer is a lot of words. The difference between a lot of words and a prayer is you and how you say them. If you read it, it's just a lot of words. If you open your heart and engage your faith and say, Lord Jesus, this is what I want. This is what I'd like. This is what I'm expressing from me. Now it's a prayer. So I want you to take and look at it to see if this is you and this is what you want to express. Read it through silently at this time because you'll have a chance in a moment to pray it out loud together with us. All right, let's all stand together. If you're not quite there yet, and some of the things that I've said, maybe they're even frightening to you. It's like, oh, man, I wasn't quite ready for today. If that's where you are and you don't want to pray this prayer, feel perfectly comfortable, mouths closed, just kind of observing. Hopefully in the weeks to come, you'll want to pray with us these kinds of prayers and have an encounter with God. But maybe you're here and that's not really, you're not really sitting crossways, you're wondering, does this really work? This is a chance to test to see if this is reality. This is a chance to ask God to move in your life, to show you your next step, to kind of take a prompting thought and build it, to build a life and write some new pages in your life. If that's something you'd like to try, join us in this prayer, and let's pray out loud together. Ready? 
Dear God, thank you for your word lighting my way to show me my next step. Lord Jesus, thank you for promising to walk with me and thank you for making a good path for me. With you, I am not in the dark because you are the light of the world. You are the way, the truth, and the life. Thank you for forgiving me when I turned aside from the way, ignored the truth, and chose promising counterfeits instead of the life. Holy Spirit, thank you for strengthening me, prompting me, and compelling me in Jesus along the way, the truth, and the life. Lead me deeper into Jesus today, all for his glory and by his grace, amen. Amen? It's an adventure following Jesus. It's an adventure taking steps into the unknown, but it's not unknown to him. Let's follow him in the divine direction. I want you to know that if you have a prayer request, a burden that you have, and you just are kind of loaded up, we've got a prayer team ready to pray for you. Come on up to the right of the stage and just let them pray for you. We'll be happy to pray for you. I want you to also know that le- next week is the conclusion, and the conclusion is faith to start. That seems like a weird way to conclude something, but faith to start. I thought we already started. No, this is now. We've been talking about divine direction. Now let's have faith to start maybe a redirection, a new direction. It's going to be great. And this is the last day to sign up for Connect Life for next Sunday. If you want to just walk right across the hall and sign up for Connect Life next Sunday, we'd love